Hello and welcome back to the Double O and Radio Games Cast, episode number 28. Again, we've made it a whole half a year now. That's pretty impressive. Oh. As always, I'm <laughs> as always, I'm your host, Ryan, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-hosts, Alex. Hey. Brett. Hello. And Wyatt. Oh hi. <laughs> <laughs> the person who went normal today, huh? All right, that, well, that was. <laughs> I never have a normal greeting. Are you kidding me? That's like that's like my gimmick. That's my thing. Uh huh. Gimmick. I don't think that's really what that word means the way you think it does, but that's fine. So, <laughs> also misusing words is another one of my. Anyway, let's that's all it was. All right. As always, with with the games cast, we do a a little award. And we have a good award today. I think it's a, well, no, it's not a good award. Like, you shouldn't want to win this award. But it's in tune with our theme of things we don't like in games. So, today's award is the Double and Radio Games Cast Least Favorite Title of an Upcoming Game. So, we're talking just about titles, not talking about what the game is or anything. But I've got three here. If you guys want to throw in any extra, and these these are all next gen games uh, or, or games that are coming. In the like launch up to next gen, I we think have, I know what two of them are. <laughs> we have, of course, Immortals: Phoenix Rising. Yep, that's one of them. I think for obvious reasons, just because we're all disappointed, Gods of Monsters apparently died to a monster energy <laughs> lawsuit <laughs> or like no. monster energy copyright. is making its impact on on the video game industry. Yep. Not only did it change the entire name of a AAA game, but it was also the uh, the uh, co star. In uh, the classic Death, Death Stranding. Yeah. Yep. My God. <laughs> of course. Oh, no. Uh, all right. And then we have Yakuza Like a Dragon. And this one takes a tiny bit of explaining because I think that title in and of itself isn't bad. What's bad is this is actually Yakuza 7. Like, it's a sequel to 6. Mm, what? But There's it's called, for, it, for some reason, only in non-Japan, they just removed the 7 and called it Like a Dragon. <laughs> Hey, the rumor weird. is that it's just because it stars a new protagonist, oh, but it's still on. a sequel. <laughs> so I think Change that one's just confusing, convention. especially because it's now a different name in Japan and the rest of the world, which is something that always just gets me super confused. It's the good old Final Fantasy three yeah, yeah, debacle all say. over again. And then we have I mean, chorus, but with a V. <laughs> Where's oh. the V? Ryan. It's the U. The V is the U because ancient Rome existed once and it was uh. funny and it didn't have the letter U. Ryan, I, I'm kind of surprised you didn't put Returnal on the list. I forgot about Returnal. I, does Returnal a have a date? Uh, probably not. To be okay. honest, I so like I, the name. All but... of the ones we have here are um, games that have dates and are coming relatively soon. Uh, Returnal is 2021 upcoming so it's also the name could change we don't know it's still got a ways to go but yeah Returnal's up there for sure I like it I don't know you're the one who I just like asked it. me to put it in the list one. <laughs> no, 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 you misunderstand me. I did not ask you to put it in the list what I'm saying is I'm surprised that it wasn't in the list it's well it's in there now I mean I think my issue with Returnal is it just literally tells me nothing at all like there is nothing i get from that name well it seems like they have this kind of like almost like a roguelike thing going on 
And so in that in that sense, like mixing the words eternal and return together, I think is actually kind of clever. What I think it is impossible to make the connection from eternal with returnal. It just what? that is not a connection I had ever made until you just mentioned it. Well, and it doesn't maybe, make it any better. <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe your your brain isn't big enough to understand it. I'm sorry. Maybe that's not my problem. Returnal, and that's not how smart's problem. Returnal gets my dishonorable mention. <laughs> which is a callback to the before the show where we were talking about doing dishonorable missions uh, no but we still have it. our big three and I'm going to go we're going to go through the list Alex which of those three do you dislike the most Immortals Phoenix Rising Yakuza Like a Dragon or Chorus with a V Could I don't be... like the direction of Yakuza Like a Dragon but I've only played zero so far so I don't have too much of an, of an emotional attachment. I've been. Uh, yeah, Immortals Phoenix Yuck Rising is, a, like, is just a, a horrible. Isn't mouthful. as bad of a title straight up. Yeah. Whereas Phoenix Rising really just gets me going. <laughs> it, it's too much of a mouthful. It's too much to remember. I almost forgot when I was, when I was saying it. Um, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. <laughs> <laughs> All right, is that like, your vote? I like that one just because of how stupid it is. No, I love Revengeance. It, it fits the game. It's super stupid. <laughs> Uh, yeah. All right. We'll take that as the first vote, Brett. Um, I mean, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm kind of tied between the the same the same two because like Liakuza like a dragon sounds cool, but then also like it's 2020. Are we really going like right back to problems that we had in like the 90s when like the 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 media link between Japan and America like barely existed yet like uh, yeah. we're, we're just so far beyond that where that just doesn't make sense but then like it uh, it's like a toss up between what's more infuriating that or or Monster Energy just like way overstepping bounds and just doing something stupid and I think I think it's a uh, I think Phoenix Rising is also for me the more the more annoying one yeah I I, I have to agree because Phoenix Rising to me we had a better name already. Yeah, that's and that, that really not much better though. Not I much think better, much to better. Be with you. I don't know. Gods and Monsters. Gods and Monsters. Is, I, I won't say it's particularly good or great, but it is much better than Immortals Phoenix Rising. Yeah, it's simple and catchy too, which is what you. Because like Immortals Phoenix Rising, to me, as soon as you add a character's name to it, I expect it to be like the second in a trilogy or something. Yeah. Because what. I, if Mass Effect 1 was like Shepard Rising, I'd be like, what? <laughs> See, this is this is one of the things that like Supergiant gets perfectly. They just have one word for every single one of their games that like has some kind of indication for what you're getting into, except Pyre. I don't... Well, Pyre, to a lesser extent, it's, you but play like, on, with a Pyre. There's okay, a Pyre well, on I, the map. Well, I, didn't, I didn't know that until just now. But like, what I'm saying is like, their their titles are perfect. It's like one word... And it fits perfectly with like what that game is when you look at it. Yeah. But anyway. What's your vote, Wyatt? I don't know. Um, I will say your vote doesn't matter. <laughs> it does not matter. Phoenix <laughs> Rising has wow, already won. Wow, gee, thanks. Let me think about it for a while. <laughs> wow. This is a really, really tough decision. Um, Welcome to America. Probably like... Probably Immortals, just because like it, it, it's probably like one of the longer titles, and also like it doesn't flow, it doesn't like 
roll off yeah. the tongue very well because yeah. like like a dragon i don't i'm not a huge fan of either but like that kind of rolls off the tongue a lot better than immortals does i don't know and it at least ties in with like yakuza theming of like the dragon tattoos and whatnot yeah whereas phoenix rising is just kind of gobbledygook nonsense mm -hmm. although i still think chorus with a v does irk me but only because i really just hate the trend of replacing a, a letter I, I hate that it's spelled chorus and spoken chorus, but then just has a V and all the art. That doesn't, yeah. That doesn't bother me. It's just me. confusing to me. It's spelled chorus with a U, but like the art just has a V. Yeah, because that, that's the confusing thing. All the art with the title shows a V. Oh, yeah, you're right. Well, yeah, that's, <laughs> then go. It's just go. super confusing. Go all the way and just refer to it as chorus with a V. You could say chorus, but just have it have a V instead. Don't like. Ugh. They'll go halfies, yeah. come on. <laughs> <laughs> They're going halfies right now. Alright, so we got a few minor bits of things that happened this past week. To get out of the way, we're going to go through the PS5 teardown, and then we're going to talk about what our, our least favorite games and like mechanics are. Uh, first, hitting up some, some news that's pretty recent. Uh, PS5 teardown. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's not a ton to say about this, to be honest, because basically we learned the PS5 is a big chonker. It is larger than the that. torso of the man who was <laughs> opening it. He could have um, could have like completely hide behind it yeah, if he, he wanted to. I would love for them to start the presentation with just the PS5 and the guy pops out from behind it. <laughs> yeah. He's like hiding behind it. <laughs> There are a few specific things I think I, I really liked in, in the teardown. So we got very specific specs for everything, which is super nice. Uh, a little late, <laughs> considering that pre-orders already happened. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. But at least we're getting them. Uh, we got specific like sizing and everything. The panels will be removable, just without mm -hmm. any tools or anything, which is nice. Which, again, I, I said this last... Uh last episode but i would love for them to go all in on like different side panels Absolutely. and like color go to 3ds route of like, like different oh styles. yeah just go go nuts with it honestly that's a good way to make like a little extra money without i think being scummy because people yeah. do legitimately want that that and like it's a nice it, thing where you could mix up your ps5's looks for a big game or something or, or like a series you enjoy like i would love again love a miles morales rap for that thing like if you Ooh, wanted to cool. like yeah. in, in the future when these things aren't like 98 percent not available most of the time you could have it where like if you wanted to order it from playstation's website you could like get your the custom sign yeah do you like the you uh, the xbox cool. controller yeah. thing but with that or even like a, yeah like like what how dbrand's website is set up yeah <laughs> do that that'd be great um, not 80 billion dollars <laughs> we did also we learned a lot about where this why it's so big it's all heat sinks and fan uh, like yeah. the size is the heat sink itself is massive like it's essentially just a small <clears throat> radiator and <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. apparently this thing just runs super quiet which i'm excited for uh but i i don't know that's a that's a large trade-off for the amount of space it's going to be taking up and especially the weird shape literally a large trade-off <laughs> yeah it's a large trade-off it's just big now <laughs> Uh, the heatsink's huge, the fan is huge, the power supply is huge. Uh, the power supply one to me is a little weird because the power supply is only 350 watts. So it's not mm. a giant power supply, but it's still a huge 
part of the, the thing. It seems like there's a lot of useless plastic in there. Although I'm betting most of that is probably to control the cables. Um, oh, yeah, maybe. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm I, curious about that. I will say, too, like, the console without the side panels, like, I'm imagining, like, take the side panels off the PS5 for a second and just have them be kind of flat sides, like, all black. Like, that looks kind of cool, actually, where it's just this early a cooler, I think. Like, it's still kind of a unique shape, but, like, yeah, I think in terms yeah, of, like, design... The curved panels are just a little bit much. Yeah, it, it's, like... If you just had straight, you know, side panels, I think that would look really cool. The fact that they're curved, I think, kind of, again, like seeing it, seeing it with the side panels off, kind of confirms to me that like it's all the side panels that I don't like, and the rest of it would be fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, okay, we also learned if you want to turn it sideways or on, put it on its side or vertical, you have to unscrew a screw. Yeah, <laughs> and like hide a cap the base if you want to put it down sideways. That to me is just like poor planning. Yeah, part. That, that's, that's bad design. I I really wonder what got to them got them to that point of like we're gonna need to use a screw for the stand to work. <laughs> I just I wonder who who made that decision and like where how far along were they when that happened? Was were they just not planning to let it? ever be on its side i don't know they weren't thinking about it and then when they had to come to the decision they all looked at each other they're like oh crap <laughs> yeah it's a little iffy uh they're using liquid metal to cool that was like the biggest that's WTF. interesting yeah so liquid metal has been a thing in pcs for a long time but like really? it's super hard to apply uh and it, it's just a pain like it's it's not something your average person is going to attempt to do uh, ben did it last year or two years ago at this point and it didn't like he didn't do it the best way you could have done it and it didn't work quite as well as he was hoping it still works it's just not... why does that surprise me no, I'm kidding. well it, it's like <laughs> it's a super hard thing to apply <laughs> oh yeah no of course, of course it's expensive so you only get like one or two chances uh and unlike like thermal paste it's hard harder to get that off once it's on yeah. So a lot of people won't try to apply it themselves because you have a risk of like either breaking your computer or just messing it up and having to essentially go back to square one. So it's very interesting to see this in like a console that's release releasing soon because yeah. it is like super efficient and really really good at controlling the heat. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to see how well that actually performs. Thermal yeah. Like, because because I'm kind of looking over it again right now as we're talking, and I'm thinking to myself like, why wasn't this in like the reveal event when like they they showed off what the console looked like? Like they didn't have this be part of it, like an after show thing or something. Because like, they why had do to show, it now? They had to show the the CGI of the of the creation of the console at a subatomic level. Why? <laughs> oh yeah, with all the little balls. All the balls But like, it's just again, it's such a weird decision to release this DAO where it's like okay the few people that actually were able to get pre-orders have already bought it like what <laughs> and like, yeah at this if point, you're trying like, to entice other people to get it selling like... it because i think ps4 fives are going to be sold out for a while and like selling out pretty regularly as the, as they come out so i'm very curious as to what the thought is behind releasing this now uh, well again it comes back yeah. to a, a, a concern that i've had where it's like yeah, like it's it's usually a lot smarter to wait for a console to like come out with, you know, more games and have it drop in price. But like, considering 
the state of the world right now like how how readily available are these are these things going to be post launch like we have no idea yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think there, there's another interesting thing was the uh, the M.2 slot for an, another SSD. Right. Which is a really, really interesting direction for that. Um, it, it's kind of like bringing it more into parity with more recent PCs and the ability to like expand storage that way. Because M.2 drives are kind of like, we're a big rage for a while. It's calming down again. But they're they're like super fast. So <laughs> it's probably the only way to get comparable speeds to the built-in like SSD controller on the PS5. Honestly, like like of obviously, you know, uh the uh, you know, the the overall specs for these systems are are obviously a huge improvement, but I think like one of the biggest improvements is just the move from like uh hard drives to SSDs. Like Absolutely. I think that's going to be one of the biggest most noticeable upgrades for especially for people who don't use PCs and like or use them for gaming and, and they don't know like the difference between like a hard drive and an SSD, they're going to be able to like tell the difference right away. So yeah. I'm, I'm really glad we've made that jump finally. Computer. <laughs> That's what that sounds like to me. <laughs> I was, I cannot contribute to this section of the talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's really, there's not much else to talk about aside from all that. We, yeah. we basically covered the entire thing. What is an M2? M.2s are just like fancy. They're not even fancy. They're just a smaller version of a disk drive. They're not disk drive, I like hard drive. They're just SSDs that are really fast. Uh, and they're getting less expensive now, which is nice if you want to expand your storage, which I'm sure most people will if Modern Warfare and other Call of Duty games continue this trend of being 200 oh gigabytes. Yeah, no. God, yeah. compress your sound files, for the love of Christ! <laughs> oh, yeah, all right. Enough. And in other PS5 news, we got some details on backwards compatibility. So pretty much everything's backwards compatible. There are like a, a select few games that aren't, like Hitman Go, Shadow Ten. Complex Remastered, Joe's Diner, We Sing. <laughs> Just deal with no! it. Mobile game. <laughs> uh, what? So it's like a few weird games that I'm sh sure there's a reason why, but like most of these games, I think people won't really be that upset that they can't play on their PS5. Uh... But yeah, if you wanted to play Hitman Go on your PS5, I'm sorry. PS4 only. If you wanted to play that game on your PS4, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think Hitman Go is actually pretty good. No, actually, okay, because I do have it for, uh, I did buy it for, like, uh, on the App Store where it first came out. And it's actually a super cool, like, puzzle game that, like, really uh, fits the Hitman, like, series really well. But it's this weird, like... Uh, board game puzzle game but yeah. it actually well that's what most really, of the go really games well. are is they're they're like puzzle game versions yeah uh, yeah and, and essentially you'll just be able to like download your library on the on the ps5 once you have it so it, it's I, all, I did, all the same the, stuff that you would do on your ps4 i did also hear uh, this was done on xbox i'm not sure if it's going to be the same for ps5 but um there was i was it from ubisoft themselves or someone who who was uh explaining like how much better like running games that weren't uh that you know games that came out that had a lot of like technical issues are going to run yeah. really really well on like next gen systems so for instance what blew my mind was 
there, I think it was from Ubisoft themselves. I, I'm not 100% sure, but basically they showed off that you could run Assassin's Creed Unity on a PS5 at a locked 60 frames per second, which if, if you've ever played Unity on a console before is like mind blowing because that game yeah. was a mess, an absolute disaster technically. So the fact that it runs- It's at much 60, better now. So if yes. you do want to play it and it's cheap, and they gave it away for free a while ago, so you might have it. <laughs> Just forgotten Unity, about it. That's the, the PC version runs pretty well, from what I remember. Now, Unity is the French Revolution yes. one, right? Yeah. Okay. It's actually like a good like Assassin's Creed game underneath all of the technical issues. I think it's one of the better ones. I've heard it's had some of the it has some of the best like movement. Yes. No, and, it was and, the like, first more uh, interesting combat. I really yeah, I no, want to play it, through it now. It, it was the first Assassin's yeah, yeah. Creed game where it's like just holding the right trigger to climb stuff is dumb. And what you have to do is like if you want to go up, you hold like the A or the X button. Uh, and then if you want to go down, you hold the circle or B button to like so hmm. that you can be very specific about if you want to climb up a wall or down a wall. And it works so well. Honestly, it's it's yep. fantastic. All right, and that's that's our PS5 talk, I think. Unless anyone's got last-minute PS5 problems or discussion topics, I think we're pretty much done, though. Not yeah, not news, but it's it's great to see that the backwards compatibility for the PS5 is a lot better than what we thought it was for the longest time. Yeah, we, everyone was a little iffy when they were like, "It will be most things," because then most things can mean yeah. like fifty-one percent. Uh, yeah, it is almost everything. Like, yeah, and it seems like the titles that it doesn't play, I I don't think a lot of people are gonna miss. Like, yeah, again, I have a feeling it's big... stuff that like the developers just there's a problem, the developers aren't gonna fix it. It's, yeah, again, like anything. if you're a fan of Hitman Go and you wanted to play it on your PS5, uh, no, no, I got nothing to say. Anyway, let's move. On. All right, that was <laughs> yep. <Good>. Uh, <laughs> the only Perfect. other thing that they did Take mention away. is that they're. Uh, some games might have bugs or whatnot, especially if they haven't been played often on PS5 yet. So that's something to keep an eye out for. That's it. That's our PS5 official lockdown on the PS5 talk. Having Moving bugs. on, we got a bunch of games that went gold. Cyberpunk has gone gold. Yes, Bug sir. Snacks has gone gold. Thank <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> and essentially, uh, for those who don't know, going gold essentially means the games are like being packaged and ready to being made ready to ship for release. It's, uh, it's, it doesn't it's, mean the game is complete. <laughs> no. Common no, misconception. But, but, like, it's it's finally, like, like it's so weird. Like, Cyberpunk is one of those games where I, I had to, like, a few years ago, I was like, this game is just never going to come out. Yeah. Like, I, I had to, like, mentally just set my brain to, like, think that, where it's like, this game is just never going to come out. And now that it's actually coming out, it's kind of like, yeah um, and i think the, the thing with going gold is it did kind of used to mean a game was complete because in the days where you couldn't patch things day yeah. one and it had to be oh, playable offline on disc it had to be complete but now that we're kind of in, in the era of the internet and downloads uh, that's not necessarily where, the case i'm, I'm betting really? cyberpunk probably will be playable on disc but likely gonna be a lot of bugs <laughs> so yeah yeah, just be prepared. Nowadays, for that. nowadays releasing a finished game is more of an option than Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's I wish a, it wasn't. the lowest priority on the to-do list. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um Baldur's Gate 3 released in early Ooh. early access. 
uh, and has had like shattering amounts of success. It broke Steam <laughs> when it came oh. out. Like you couldn't buy anything on Steam <laughs> when Baldur's Gate three came out, which is really funny. Uh, then yeah, it, it's it's early access, so that's just a something to keep your eye on if you're interested in D and D games. Yeah, it, it's very fun, and it released after a long time. Larry is doing it. There's also a lot of upset fans of the older Baldur's Gate that didn't realize the game was going to be turn-based and were used to the real-time with pause. There's like a little microcosm of people that are very upset about the change in developers. At this As point, there I'm always like, will be. You really it's not want like Bioware a ton of to develop material. Baldur's Gate 3 right now? No, it's, it's I don't not want like... Bioware to develop anything right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bioware. It's not like you know they've released a ton of material talking about the game where they've most likely talked about turn-based combat. But, you know... That's just speculation. I haven't yep. seen any news with Baldur's Gate three. It's uh, out there. I I'm not personally interested in it, but they've released a lot of like material about the game and the game. Uh, so yeah, it's very good. Um, we got some. Well, we don't got some. We were gonna have it in like a few days. Ghost of Tsushima version one point one coming out very soon. Yes. Uh, if yes. you saw, watched, or listened to our Ghost of Tsushima Games Club, we're probably gonna be revisiting it at some point after this has come out, and we can give some updated opinions. On the uh, the new Legends mode. Here's what's gonna be like interesting for me, right? Is that the the so this new patch or this new update that's coming in is gonna fix a lot of issues that I personally <laughs> had with it, right? Hopefully. Uh, and then what I'm interested in seeing is that they've also talked about how you can play Tsushima on a PS5 at 60 frames per second. Yeah. So you know, yeah, not not to. Uh, so I'm wondering, like, with all of those additions. Like I, I wonder if uh, Tsushima is going to be much higher on, on like my imaginary best games of the year list. I think sixty frames <laughs> like, will actually make a huge difference for Tsushima. Oh, yeah. definitely. Because it is it's such already like a tight beautiful. action game. Yeah, like I, like I'm just imagining like it'll have a free co-op mode. It'll have like by the end of the year it'll be running at sixty frames per second. It'll have this whole co-op mode with a raid, and also it's going to have like they talked about a raid. Apparently, there's like something that's called a raid. I don't know what their version of a raid actually means, but they talked about it at some point. Yeah, we'll see. And then soon. also, you're gonna have a custom. You're gonna be able to like have like set. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna have different gear sets. So I'm like, by the end of the year, this game, because like for me it was like a seven. Like with all those additions, it might bump it up to like an eight or a nine <laughs> by the time like 2020 is over with, which will be really interesting to. Yeah, for me, it's see. probably gonna bump it up from a nine to a ten. Yes, all the additions are as good as they seem to be. Uh, but moving on, this isn't a, a Ghost of Tsushima podcast. We have <laughs> not yet, <laughs> not uh... yet. <laughs> yeah, that, that's most time. of our news. Uh, Fall Guys season two is out. If you want to play Fall Guys, the the last like fairly large news I think we got was uh, Final Fantasy sixteen has already completed gonna, scenario yep. production and basic development. That's yeah. super rare for a Final Fantasy game. To have that complete when it announces, to the point where I don't think it's happened before. I I would say to the point where I I I almost don't believe them. <laughs> I, I was I was gonna say if you didn't bring it up, like ladies and gentlemen, get your uh, get your expo markers ready to get uh, your, your your first tally down for the amount of times that Final Fantasy 16 has finished pre-production. You know, and in, in the next five to ten years, it'll totally probably possible. happen five to ten more times. Yeah, I I definitely think knowing that the team behind 16 is a different team than the one yeah. handling 
the more recent mainline Final Fantasies. It's a lot of the team behind 14, which is the MMO, that's very good, and especially narratively very good. And I think that, that was like instantly, as soon as people saw 16, they're like, this has probably got something to do with the 14 team, because the character designs are the same. Mm-hmm. Is 16 going to be an MMO? 14. No, it's not. No. It is okay. a single-player game. And that has given me a lot more faith in it, considering the track record of more recent Final Fantasies. Aside from 7 Remake, a lot of them have just been like Garbo at launch. Uh, and even after a, like a few years of development, 15 kind of just got like abandoned mm-hmm. and is okay, but not great screw it this has to come out just whatever state it's in just get it out there yeah. <laughs> i'm yeah. sick of looking at it it's also returning <laughs> no to more, high yeah. fantasy which is really interesting because final fantasy tends to like has been getting more and more into like pseudo futuristic stuff uh and like american tech punk <laughs> yeah for the last one so it's interesting to see a, a kind of a return to form to old school with this which i think has a lot of people excited Oh, definitely. And it looked to be an action combat system, which is also very mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's our 16 news. Hopefully it's... No, they no, said I have one more. I have one more. Oh. I'm sorry. I, I don't remember if we talked about this, la- this last podcast, but if we didn't, there is a Monster Hunter movie. What? I said that's our Final Fantasy 16 news. Okay. I thought and you, then you said no, it isn't. <laughs> okay. I thought that was going to be our final. I apologize. No, I was about to mention the Monster Hunter movie because they just did a giant talk about the monster designs in the movie. It looks. A couple of things to point out. It's it's thematic that this is an episode about our least favorite things. I'll put it that way. Oh. <laughs> let, let me put it this way um i feel like if someone like me that doesn't know anything about monster hunter looks at it and says that doesn't look like monster hunter i think they failed, <laughs> yeah. I think they failed no i'll say oh, the monsters no. look like monster hunter but it's a weird like Everything u.s else. military <laughs> yeah. yeah so why is this the actress who was in the resident evil you know why? video game movie <laughs> you know why you know, i can answer this question you know i why? know why because it's the exact same why. director and that actress is the director's wife that is why experimental that is why oh, that's very funny. <laughs> i am super excited oh my God. exactly what this movie looks like when it eventually comes out because we saw those first images like Three years ago at this point, if not longer than that. This movie's been in production hell for so long. And it already looks like a a, a dog tear like a dog fire. Like just a complete trash fire. Like, I Honestly, if you didn't so tell me of... if if you didn't tell me that this was a Monster Hunter movie, because I've seen a couple of those Resident Evil movies before, they go so off the rails and insane. Yeah. I would not be entirely surprised if this was the next Resident Evil movie, just from the yeah. look of it. Because like outside of the monsters, which they could totally incorporate into that movie series if they wanted to, it looked exactly the same. This like ugly, like yellow gray color palette. The same actress who looks exactly the same like she did from those other movies. Like it looks exactly the same. They just put in Monster Hunter. This <laughs> is going to be so so pulpy. Yep. Yep. It's oh gonna be God. it's gonna be right up there with movies like uh, uh Assassin's Creed and Doom Annihilation. I'm calling it Doom right Doom had now. a movie? 
Doom oh, has yeah. had multiple movies. <laughs> Doom Annihilation is hilarious. There was Doom with The Rock and Carl Urban. And then there was Doom Annihilation, which came out, right. what, like two, three years ago? I forgot that one even happened. <laughs> yep. And it's on Netflix, and I'm going to watch it while also drinking at the same time at some point. 2019. What? Yep. Yeah. Yes, sir. No way. I think there's, there's also like an old Doom movie last year. that's actually kind of good, but in, in like that trashy early 2000s version? movie way. Yeah, the rock version. Okay, yeah. Well, the rock version is incredible because they have an entire sequence where it's like a first person. First person. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that one actually, like that part is really cool. And the rest of the movie is, it's a movie with a rock in it. But. <laughs> it, yeah, it literally I mean, feels like they, they like, that was their like demo reel for a Doom movie. And they're like, yeah. oh crap, we have to make a whole movie around this now. <laughs> what was the, um, what was that first person movie? The like Henry something? Hardcore, oh, Hardcore, Hardcore Henry. Henry. I, they could have done that, that with movie. Doom. That would have been cool. That movie. I see more movies like that. That movie is. I saw that movie in theaters, and like, uh, it's it's like it's trash. Don't get me wrong, but it is very well made, entertaining. It was an interesting take on how to film stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I did not get sick. I thought I was going to get sick because I again I saw it in a theater, but like I was totally with it. And I guess I, that's just because I play a lot of like FPS. But like, You're a gamer. I don't know. I wasn't like it didn't make me sick like a lot of other people. <laughs> did. I don't know. Yeah, all right. And our, our last little bit of news is uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is free on Steam for the next week. Get it. Uh, it's really, really good. So, Ooh. Speaking of things on Steam, uh, also The Outer Worlds is now uh, also on Steam. It's just oh. a Steam release. So it's for finally... anyone who didn't want to buy it on the Epic Store and was waiting for it to release on Steam, it's out now. And for some reason didn't want it on Game Pass. <laughs> this is also true. Yep. Uh -huh. It's on Steam, so you can buy it if you don't have either Game Pass or want to avoid the Epic Store. You have that option now. Uh, all right, that that's news. News is wrapped up. We're we're closing the news door. There you go. Bam! It's closed. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it hit me on the way out. <laughs> oh, okay. it's a little like you know the classic shoulder slam of a door. Yeah, it's gonna give you a little ache for like the next twenty minutes. All right, <laughs> moving on. We're going to talk about our least favorite things. And this can be... its Of course, it's got to be related to video games in some way. As much as I would love to randomly turn this into a bad movies podcast. <laughs> we are still Not the games yet. cast. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Halloween, though. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about things we don't like. Games we don't like. And I, I want to reiterate here, this is mostly... Things that this episode is in good fun. We might get a little heated. It's all in good fun. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get angry. Brett and I go at each other all the time, but I mean, you know, <laughs> we still love each other at the end of the day. We're used to it. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I'll, I'll kick us off if if no one minds. Because I was gonna say, I get off my chest right away. Okay. We can, we have time for dishonorable mentions. Yes, but we're gonna limit them to like ten minutes total. Yeah. Okay. And basically, I don't want you to give more than one sentence on any one dishonorable mention, because that's for people to figure out. And this is like games you you haven't finished. Or yeah, or like it could, I mean, it could just be things that like you don't like, but you still want to take a small dig at. Or maybe it's like a demo, or just or it could be like a joke played. too. You could be like, yeah, yeah, take a dig at monetization models and loot boxes. Uh, 
Although that's actually no, that's that's not that's a not a joke anymore. That's mean. That's mean. <laughs> Wyatt, you you asked for this. I did. All right, I got a couple things that I'm just gonna like just get out there as soon as possible. Uh, knack because it's really boring, <laughs> and it was like Aww. one of my first experiences on like next gen, and and I mean it's knack. What more can I say? Really uh, setting the bar, cool, baby. The other one, I just want to rattle off some quick demos that I hated. Uh, the anthem demo. Uh, made me uh, sick, uh, as did the Avengers demo. Um, both of them I hated. It made me very sick. Uh, now, now, physically or mentally? Yes. Oh, that reminds me. That we did have sense. one piece of like non-news. Avengers on PC has dropped below a thousand players mm-hmm. already. Yep. Already, which is wow. awful for a games as a service. Mm-hmm. Continue, um, Rip. Yeah. Um, trying to think. I feel like there was like one more. Um, oh yeah. Um, also, Call of Duty uh, um, World War Two. Not like bad <laughs> enough to be like one of the worst games I've ever played, but I definitely did not like it. <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever seen any of the maps in that game, especially the maps for the war mode, they are the smallest, most like heavily constricted thing. I have ever seen in my entire life. It's it's kind of crazy how claustrophobic it makes you feel sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I got I got a, a one thing that just always bothers me. Dishonorable mention to any third person games that have a camera that's always at that one angle that's just bad, and there's mm-hmm. no way to change it. Okay. Give give me an example of what angle. Old Kingdom like of Vamilar had that, where the camera just kind of like is at, at an angle where it kind of just like. You can't really see your character super well. It looks kind of at the ground. It's just not ideal mm-hmm. for anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, just bad third-person cameras. Okay. That's my only dishonorable mention, really. Anyone else got, got minor can I, things? Can I, can I, I know I just went, but can I build off of that a little bit? Because it reminded no. me of something. Oh, okay. No, you can go first. <laughs> <laughs> go first again. Um, yeah, go first twice. Uh, the movement slash controls for Red Dead Redemption 2. And it's a dishonorable mention because there's a lot about that game yeah. that I really, really love with a passion. But, like, my the God, testicles. the controls in that game are terrible. They are, like, horrific. I can't even... There's, like... It, it's tough, too, because it's a game that I've played a lot and I think I like it, but, like, the controls are so bad. They're, like, trying to reinvent a wheel that didn't need to be reinvented. It was one of the few times I've ever played a game with a controller where I felt like the controller didn't have enough buttons on it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Sometimes when you're in menus, you're holding down three different buttons at the same time. Oh, Oh, what? Horrible. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess jumping off of jumping off of that, Wyatt, since you said you said something bad about a game everyone likes, I guess now I can say something bad about a game everyone likes. I. Uh, a little not not super recently, but kind of recently, started playing uh, Breath of the Wild a little bit, and I hate those controls so much. I think those controls are terrible. Like they have many adventure games are already out, and they have controls that make sense, and Nintendo did none of them and that decided is, to do Nintendo instead. That is definitely an them. opinion to have. I mean, I, I don't necessarily agree with the controls, but I do agree. Breath of the Wild has one very minor thing that drives me insane. Uh, there is no dodge button. Instead, you jump to either direction. <laughs> and I don't get it, because it, it's the same thing as dodging. Like, it does the exact same thing as dodging in any other game, except it looks dumb. 
The only time you just do a side flip. I'm just like, I just want to ground dodge. Just make me dodge on the ground. The only time the controls really bothered me is when you had to do those horrible like gyroscope uh, shrines where you had to like move your whole switch around or your whole controller around. Oh yeah, take the controller off, flip it upside down, instantly solve every single shrine. Fuck, they suck, and I hate them. Well, that comes with my other dishonorable mention, which is motion controls. Um, I have a vendetta against them because. Uh, I have oh, played other games that are not Wii Sports, and Wii Sports is the only one where they have worked consistently the way they were supposed to for me in my entire experience <laughs> with them. Um, which could just be just a me thing, but I hate them so much. They make me so mad. Uh, also, the Anthem demo. I'm reading off a list right now, if it's not obvious. Uh, <laughs> and uh, speaking of reading, reading... Like if I if I am supposed to be playing like a game with a lot of gameplay to get the story across, I I'm, I'm okay if it's like character dialogue, but if the game has to stop is. for like twenty minutes just to to throw words on the screen and nothing else is happening and the screen's black and the words are just coming at me, it's like, dude, this I isn't a game that. anymore. This is a book. I'm I sorry, I didn't come here to read. Very much. Yeah, thank you. I'll I agree with like way too much dialogue, <laughs> way too much text in a game that is otherwise not about text. Yeah, I'm okay with with dialogue. Like if characters are talking and you know, the camera's at least moving, then it's like okay, something's happening. But if the screen just goes black or there's just like a still picture for like 25 minutes, oh. then I just, I, I just kind of mash A and look away. Yeah. Any dishonorable <laughs> mentions, Alex? Um. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Oh yeah, the, the, I, the, oh, I'll, I'll save I'll save the big hate one for last because it's just me fuming at a game company that I loved until then. Um, but the 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 one that I have a minor gripe against, and this is just because it, it, it's mostly me because I was too stupid and little to get strategy games, but it also wasn't explained well. Locke's Quest for the DS. Um. I it's, think I know this game. It, it's like a weird turn, ba- turn slash timed base building tower defense thing. And I don't. I'm like ninety percent sure I've played this game. Why I wanted to buy it? I don't think I've made it past the fourth level in that game, and I'm not willing to pull out my DS again to check. Dude, I have played this game. I played a lot of this game. Ah. I think I also never made it past like the fourth level. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it's available Sounds on like a Steam. To me. Oh my man. god! Um, it's a forty-five percent on Steam right now. <laughs> oh, that sounds about <laughs> right. I guess. <laughs> Jeez, and that's a blast from the past. <laughs> it got a ninety from Destructoid and an eight point six from IGN when it came out. Though, <laughs> that's low for IGN. i I, I guess that's my my minor gripe uh the big one is fallout 4 you know and with that i think we'll transition into the main now we're not we're out of dishonorable mentions now we're into the main big boy time kick us off (laughs) child the the grown-ups are talking (laughs) horrible 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 crap fest of a game And this is why we have the disclaimer at the start. If you enjoy Fallout 4 or any of the games we're talking about, if Lock's Quest is your jam, 
<laughs> power <laughs> to you. <laughs> Uh, disgusting. Way, the dialogue, <laughs> the quests, the factions. <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. Which one of us didn't flush the toilet? <laughs> Another set of needs your help. Disgusting. I can't believe you've done this. Look, yeah, if, exactly. I, if I have to, if I ever hear Preston Garvey again, it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, he is ingrained in my mind. Well, speaking of of Fallout Four, Ryan and I definitely share one. Ryan, do you want to take it away? With Fallout Four? No, no. Building off of Fallout Four, though. Building off of Bethesda? Is that Fallout Seventy Six? Is what I'm talking about, man. Look, I, I, I see that game is like, I, I can't even say it's one of my least favorite games because I don't remember playing it. <laughs> It's been erased from your frontal lobe. It's just I, gone. I remember <laughs> like a river. I remember memories. some nice man giving us a lot of loot, and then we just quit and never played again. <laughs> we didn't the even do up, an actual episode about it because it was so boring. <laughs> the way to sum up playing Fallout 76 is all you have to imagine in here is like a flat line in a, in a hospital. It just goes, beep, beep. That is the perfect way to describe it in every sense. It, no, it's it's the flatlining scene from a, a hospital TV show, where yeah. it's it's right before where they would normally have the like revival scene, right? Except it's just constantly the yeah. the like nurse and the scrub staring at the screen, and it's just a flat line with a beep. <laughs> and they just don't do anything about <laughs> Nothing it. Nothing happens. It goes on for like two hours. It's just oh that. God. It Should was notified the fan I, base. No. And, and that reminds me, I forgot, that's how they did the reveal for 76. They had that, like, 24-hour live stream that led what? up to Nothing a trailer. Happened. Nothing oh, yeah. happened. Oh, yeah. That, that's actually, like, the most accurate depiction of Fallout 76 I think I could come up with. Like, and maybe once in 25 you, hours, you might if, have fun for a minute. Look, 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 if you have Game Pass and you're curious, give it a try. But here's the thing. Anyone tells you that it is worth it after the Wastelanders update, it is not, in my opinion. It is still... It's like even the Wastelanders stuff is just not... The game has no direction. There's no sense It just makes you want to play any other Fallout game. It makes you want to play Fallout 4. (laughs) Yeah. It's that bad. And I also think, like, I can't even recommend trying it out for free on Game Pass because I had to do a bunch of background work working to, like, get it to even launch. Because yep, the game is so busted yep, that like on. it literally would launch and not recognize that there was any internet. The only <laughs> game that did this. And I, I, <laughs> I had to do a bunch of workarounds for it. And it, I played two hours of it and will never touch it again. So is I think yeah. it's just not worth engine? it. It was the, no, it was a networking like, thing. It, it was something uh, about their networking was just completely incompatible with a, with a computer that is connected to the internet. <laughs> it is a game that one hundred percent wasted my time. I got nothing of value out of playing that game. It's like it's not like I a thing that actively ever. offended me ever. It's not like a a game that was bad enough to make me want to. It offended like, me because of out. like how because of how it wasted my time. That's yeah. It's it's just an offensive waste of time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The devs didn't care about it, and neither should you. Thank you for coming to our TED Talk. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Merch at the door. Now back to forgetting about Fallout 76 and not remembering it, because it's very easy to do. Wash those Even. memories away. 
breathe out with whatever mechanism you have. <laughs> All right, oh, who, who's got something else they want to? They're ready for a rant on. I have another one, but I've been talking a lot, so I'm going to let someone else go. <laughs> I am consistently full of rage about one topic in life, and it is not politics. It is not global warming. It is get ready for it. Rainbow Six Siege. (laughs) I I have had a rant earlier this week, so prepare yourself. (laughs) I have never... I've probably legitimately lost, like, years of my human mortal life (laughs) from the amount of of anger that I have felt at at this this pile of garbage. I, I... started playing it because it's it's important because the game has changed so much and has had many like stages because it's it's a live service um i started playing it uh, a couple months after it came out and they were already um i think like which is more than a couple months but like three seasons in um because i think i got it for like 20 bucks on like a christmas sale and you would have to pay me to play that game again because to this day I I don't know if you guys remember earlier in the year, uh, Ubisoft was like, hey, surprise update. We uh, removed the entirety of the Rainbow Six Siege staff and replaced it with a completely different team. And at the time, everyone playing it was like, what are you? Excuse me. And and then like now looking at the the magnitude of of glitches and bugs and things that just need to be reworked that that this new team has listed out for the community to look at it's like oh well they got rid of the old team because they just weren't doing their job and they needed to get rid of literally everyone there was there was uh like an update that like kind of like broke the game a little when when thing when things were okay it kind of broke the game a little where there was like I think that there started to be um, like semi big hit registration issues, which, you know, in a competitive shooter where like one bullet from anything is supposed to be a one shot headshot. And that will that will kill the person for good. Like people, people make money off of playing this game in a pro league like that is important. Oh, Um, that that started to be a little broken, but it wasn't like to the point where it's like, oh, my God, I'm going to I'm going to scream. they decided that, okay, well, the next uh, season that's going to come out, instead of doing the normal, like, adding a new map and two new operators um, and all this stuff, we're going to devote the entire three-month period, we're going to call it Operation Health, and we're going to just fix all the problems with the game. Operation Health happened, and for those three months, the Ubisoft Montreal staff went on vacation, and they didn't fix anything, and in fact, only broke it for and i'm i'm not joking (laughs) like that is there's no like you have got to be kidding me (laughs) there's there's no like ah yes we admit that we we have been on vacation for this long it's like if you piece together like the amount of people that were working on the things and talking about it in the sprints that they were that they were showing to the community it's like none of the main people are here and it's a different guy doing it every time and there's no one working in the office behind him. Mm. What? <laughs> and they, they were like, oh, well, we have this this power button that we can just press, and it'll reset everything back to the beginning if we end up breaking things more. And ever since that day, every update for Rainbow Six that is supposed to fix something has broken more things than it was supposed to fix, and they lied about having that button. Oof. And that is the end of my rant. 
Yeah, I got wow. some pretty related to that. It's just like in general when co- companies that are developing like essentially service games, live service games, mm-hmm. and just have a habit of like repeating the same mistakes Ugh. over and over, it drives me bonkers. It's yeah, it's maddening. Uh, th- there are like a few situations where I think it's generally like bug fixing is a big one for indie teams where it's like if they release something that it's probably just they don't have the amount of testers they would need to find that bug so i understand that but when it's things like design is just poor over Mm -hmm. and over again after repeated feedback especially if there's examples of them doing it better in the game i just get upset like (laughs) it's just to me a thing of like you you've had the time you needed to, to not do this so what's causing you to keep doing this? And it's usually just I mean, like things like mismanagement. Yeah, it's just a, a sad thing for a lot of live service games. I think people like Destiny Two has been pretty guilty of similar things. Oh god, especially yeah. like with armor yeah. designs of just repeating the issue of armor designs looking really bland in comparison to the first game. Or like yeah. any of the the like terabytes of concept art they've yeah. made oh it's just it's just weird it, it's a situation where i'm like you've proven that you can do this better like it exists i can go back and play destiny one and have really cool yeah. armor so why are we at the point where like you can't do that anymore i don't get it like, especially as someone who's in people? like game development one of the biggest takeaway you should always have when you're developing things is like do things better the next time yeah, like you get, you constantly are getting better at what you're doing, regardless of what you, you're actually your job is. You're gonna remember like minor things, and it may not be related to what your your like art or your 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 programming. It might be related to like interpersonal dynamics, but you're always improving at, at something. So on a company level, I'm just like, is it like a turnover rate that's too high, and you're getting like new people and keep having to onboard things that are just not working? Like, what is the problem? It always just stands out to me. like <laughs> Because the devs went on vacation. I mean, devs I deserve vacation. <laughs> but at least tell us about it instead of saying that you're going to fix yeah, it. Yeah, it's not a great look. <laughs> yeah. It's like dad going out to get milk. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, God. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I think gonna... he chose milk. Yeah. <laughs> not milk. anything else milk. There's an interesting decision. Um, I'm gonna so I'm gonna swerve the conversation right. away from whatever the heck that was. Thank nope. you. Uh, and I'm gonna pull. I feel like I've complained about it before, but I'm gonna pull a bit of a fast one on you guys because I want to put out a disclaimer. I love this studio. I love um, I love the games that they make. Uh, they make some of my favorite games ever. Uh, but I hate with a passion. I hate. Uncharted One. That's understandable. I hate it. It's. I think the controls are clunky and awkward and weird, and I I think that their level design is really boring and terrible. Uh, I think that their weapons are incredibly unsatisfying to use, and everything just feels stilted and off and weird. And I don't like it. I I. You will say that I, they didn't prove though, right? Most definitely. Um, I think the second game is probably like one of the biggest leaps in quality in a franchise I've ever seen because two is, is fantastic. (laughs) 
But I I powered through that first game. It was rough for me just because I wanted to play the other games and I wanted to see what they were like and hoping to God that they weren't all like that. But yeah, no, that was terrible and I, I hated it. But pretty uh, everything they've released after that has been great. <laughs> yeah, it's just... <laughs> yeah. It's going back to the whole, you know... Hey, learning from improve mistakes. over time. Yeah. Generally speaking, I mean, clearly some don't. Cough, cough. Most live service games. Bethesda, cough, cough. Most Bioware, sports games. Cough, cough. A lot of EA most studios. Most games that don't <laughs> change over time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's well, also partially due to them having such a polygons. rapid dev cycle of like you need to have a new version ready in a year. That, that's going to lead to some issues. It's also partially why I'm like. Like, if you don't like Last of Us 2, that's fine. But just comparing Last of Us 2 to Uncharted 1, I'm like, do you seriously think that this is Ooh, as bad no. as you're saying it is? Like, it's not even comparable. I mean, there's also the issue of taking time into account. And I, I do agree with you, Wyatt, that, like, they're not comparable. But there, there's a lot of things at play there that aren't just, uh, like, the story quality and gameplay. I even think the story is better. <laughs> I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I mean, the story in Uncharted One has like very little going on, and even like that that like Nathan Drake charm just doesn't feel right. And th- and keep in mind too, I haven't I, I knew very little about Uncharted going into it. I played Golden Abyss on the Vita, but I don't think that's like that's like a bite sized like version of an Uncharted game. It's not a real game. It's not. Well, it is a real game because I think for a mobile Uncharted game, it's actually a lot of fun. But like, I, just everything was off. Just and like, I didn't even know these characters all that well, especially because Golden Abyss takes like, I think it's like between two and three or something like that timeline wise. So I really, I, I still didn't really know who these characters were all that much, and like, just everything was weird and off, and I didn't like it. Golden Abyss was before one. Like, chronologically, I actually don't know. Well, actually, no. It was before one, technically. But they didn't do a good job of setting up Jake's character. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, Uncharted 1. Trash, <laughs> dumpster fire, hate it. Literally every other thing Naughty Dog has done after that, I think, is brilliant. So, Yeah. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> any other glaring things from you two? Brett and Alex? Um... I'm going to to put a disclaimer. I'm going to preface this by saying that I am not I am not a, a filthy casual. I've played and beaten <laughs> all three of the Dark Souls games. I am I am a true gamer. I've played f- probably to the most, which is mind blowing. I know for people that know about that one, but uh, also gives me more uh, more it. It bulks up my credentials, so to speak, to talk about. Um, Look at that thick resume you have. Yeah, I know it's incredible. It's multiple, multiple hundreds of hours long that I put into this game. That really isn't that great. But anyway, <laughs> the Scholar of the First Sin version, which is the one that is on the like the the now consoles. Yeah. Um, it comes. It's it comes with the the three DLCs for Dark Souls Two, just like in there. Which is great because you get more content and there's like a lot of cool weapons and stuff in there. Um, those are probably the worst areas and just like the worst zones in any game I have ever played or seen or heard of like 
ever. And I don't think that will ever change. It was, it's, they're just so like, people talk about the regular game just having like, like the devs are laughing at you with just like really mean enemy placements that'll like jump out from like behind corners and get like, like a stupid hit on you that'll knock you off a ledge or something, or just like all this really stupid platforming. It, the DLC is like literally that turned up to, to 5 billion. It is terrible. You, there's there's unhittable enemies and what? and you're also poisoned and also being attacked by like spellcasters using the most powerful spells in the game like a million miles away and it's like you know if I didn't play the entire like how a twenty thirty hour experience before this to a hundred percent the game I might be fine doing this but this is right at the end and I don't want to do that anymore. And it is infuriating. And people say that they are the best part. And I just think that everyone is is insane because I don't get it. Yeah, I think for me, the, the biggest issue with... I haven't played the, the Scholar of the First Sun DLC areas, so I, I can't speak to those. But a lot of a lot of the Dark Souls and like Souls games in general have the, these one this one area where they just have enemies constantly pop from, from areas you can't see and just instantly attack you. Yeah. And it drives me crazy that they keep doing it. They they like to do that because at least like in it, other especially games, especially in like, in like certain spots where it's super frustrating, and they just repeatedly do it. Yeah, it's I'm like not defending it's not it, an but I issue think... if there's a bonfire nearby. But it's happened before where like they'll do it around an area that's like after a boss or something, mm-hmm. and then I just lose my mind. I'm like, come on. <laughs> The DLC is all that, so don't play it. <laughs> you will not have fun. I'm definitely not defending it when I say this. Because For Snake Fortress? I have only... I God, I haven't finished one, and that's the only one I've played. I've, I'm, I'm stuck in the, the, the whatever, the lava centipede boss thing. I don't blame oh, you. Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, but, I don't know what the name is. But, I think it literally is just centipede demon. But uh, whatever I, I feel I feel like the point of it is to oh yeah that uh, that spooked me he jumped from that corner I'm gonna learn from that mistake. Yeah, I I think I I get it when but then you get really used really angry at the game and you forget that happens and you just get more and more pissed off. The more I, I think it when happens. it drives me crazy is when it's enemies that like one to two hit you. Oh, or knock to you where off it's the like edge. yeah, or knock you off an uh, edge. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, I've learned now that that area is unsafe and that I need to block, but there is no way for me to have known that mm-hmm. without dying. And dying loses a lot of progress. So it's this weird feedback loop of like, all right, well, the game had has set me up to be cautious of every single corner, which means I'm now playing at like half the pace. Yeah, which I is not would, fun And having anymore. less fun. Which I think is just a, a generally bad thing. And I think there is room to do it well. So Neo does it a lot too. But because in Neo you generally have a much faster like dodge window. And you're, you're able to react and like gut an enemy a lot faster. Because if they hit you in Neo, you ha- generally have, depending on your weapon, a bunch of immediate counterattacks that will punish them for trying something like that. And the enemies that do that generally have a large windup. And make a lot of noise, so it's it's handled a lot better than I think Dark Souls generally does. So here's hoping Elden Ring doesn't do the same thing, or comes out ever. 
or releases or releases considering we saw it like two years ago at this point and know nothing about it so <laughs> it just said George R. R. Martin mm-hmm. alright so uh, when this was when I figured out that this was going to be our like topic two games came to mind as like public enemy number one for me oh. uh, and they're both mobile games and both of them have stories well okay. one of them has a story and the other one kind of has a story first one i want to say um i i hate clash of clans because i think it's a terrible game and i also think it set the precedent for uh what mobile games are today yeah is, every single yeah. one is literally that now yep uh and i think because <clears throat> like i'm someone who thinks that mobile games like are really are really freaking cool and i think there's a lot of real i mean some of my favorite games are mobile games it's games like like florence or uh money man go Hitman Go is another legitimately no, it's a great game. I know, game. I know, I know. And if we're talking about my favorite mobile games, it kind of ties in beautifully to the second public enemy number one. One of my favorite mobile games of all time is Threes. It's this Three. wonderful game where it's a, there's like a grid and numbers appear on it, and you have to basically oh. uh, add like numbers together in order to clear up the board. And it's great because it has this incredible like has so much charm and a lot of personality like each of these numbers have uh you know different voice actors and like their own little they have like names they have their own little designs there's like a little like character bio for each one it's so charming and so much fun to play there's one problem with threes it had the gall to charge three dollars on the app store (laughs) because and because people who and because people who complain about how every single mobile game uh is uh, a microtransaction filled disaster yet also won't pay any money to play good mobile games uh, because that's the case uh, no one paid attention to threes and no one cared so you know what happened other company named catch app comes along and makes this game you may have heard of called 2048 it came out well Ooh. after threes it took out it sucked out all of the charm and personality and everything that made threes what it was, it dumbed down the mechanics, and it was free to play, and it was cloned a thousand times, and it got it became really, really popular and really, really big, and it completely left threes in the dust, which is a legitimate labor of love by people who cared. And, and the story, decision. the story makes me no, it, like they didn't make a bad decision because like that game is great and three dollars for a game that good is an absolute steal and people are just dumb and can't get around the fact that you may have to spend a little bit of money on a mobile game yeah i mean unfortunately that is the status quo and going against that thinking that it's worth it is a dumb decision sometimes it makes me really really sad because it's just and it's it's horrible too because like now, whenever I play threes, people I know come up to me and like, "Oh, are you playing twenty forty eight And I just get, I get oh. triggered. I get, I get full on just triggered. Wow. <laughs> like, like it's bad, dude. I want to, like, I may love that person to death, but I would want to punch him in the face. And then you have to bury the body, and it's it's a whole hassle. Yeah. It's a whole hassle, and I I don't want to deal with it, but I do it every time. But yeah, uh, twenty forty eight. And basically everything Ketchup makes is uh, the lowest, like the just the lowest tier, just garbage trash. And I I have no respect for them as a as a company whatsoever because because they did that. So 
I mean, it's always the old mantra, good designers steal. But yeah. <laughs> no good idea is original. Here's the thing. Here's the thing though, right? Is that you can, I'm totally fine with, with, with uh, uh, a studio or an individual coming out with a game that is clearly inspired by something else, right? Like Phoenix, as much as we've been dogging on the name, looks really, really cool. And Ubisoft has been very open with the fact yeah. that they took a lot of inspiration from Breath of the Wild. I'm fine with that. What these people did was that they took a game and they did nothing. Like they, 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 they didn't just add, they took away. There's nothing that they added to 2048 to make it its own thing. They dumbed the game down to make it more simplistic and not as fun. And they didn't replace the style and the personality with something else. It is so boring. It's literally just a grid with numbers on it. There's no, there's nothing else to it. They didn't add to it at all. They took away from it. And I have no respect for people that think it's okay to get away with something like that. So. Yeah, I mean, that's a problem in general with mobile games, especially because it's super common for like an indie developer to make a really cool mobile game and then it just doesn't take off and someone finds it, realizes they could remake it but worse and add really bad monetization and just make a ton of money. Happens all the time. Uh, it happened more often in the past. It's, mobile gaming is getting a little bit better. It's like starting to move towards more reasonable practices, mostly because of like the people are starting to realize that loot boxes are kind of like gambling. And well, it's it's also why I really kinda. like the idea of Apple Arcade well, are gambling, because now legally like, there's starting to be more in line with gambling. With something like Apple Arcade, there's a clear divide between like the regular App Store and stuff that's like yeah. of actual quality, right? Like if it's part if it's part of like you know the Apple Arcade thing you can you know that it's going to be like a game that developers made that you know where they actually cared about what they were making and they cared about who they're making it for right and even if it's not you know even if it's a game that maybe doesn't turn out great it's still it's still going to be a game that you can tell that they worked on because they had a passion for it not because they came up with a monetization scheme that could get them a lot of money and 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 for that reason alone i'm really happy that apple arcade exists <laughs> Yeah, just because you have that clear divide now. So I don't know. I, and Google Play has their own version of it that's really not that great because it doesn't have a lot of good offerings, and it's a lot of stuff that like the perks are you just get all the monetization, the in-app purchases for free, and I'm like that generally breaks any sense of progression a game could have, which is like yeah. that's a that's a huge pet peeve for me is when. I'm okay with games doing like alternate monetization methods because a lot of the time it's handled really well, especially in indie devs where they have like a reasonable thing where you're like, you don't have to pay for new content. You pay optionally for like things that are cosmetic or just random stuff to help the developer pay for their like yeah. stuff. I think Path of Exile still is like a, a good baseline for how to do a free to play monetization model. But a lot of games, free games that don't have that, especially ones that are good, that have like an egregious model. I think gotcha games are a big one, and I'm curious to see if Genshin Impact's going to head that way, considering that game is doing really, really well. Where you have this like solid game, and then all of a sudden you're hit with like the walls of, but you got to pay like $700 to progress because you need to get the roles for the character that does the thing. And that's just something that drives me crazy. <laughs> Is like games that get away with doing that and people mm -hmm. that pay for it. 
it's like because there has to be people paying for these things for their for it to exist right because the company has to be making their money back somehow so it's always a question of like who's paying for it and like why do they continue to do it so i, I think that's like a, a big thing to consider with monetization models especially well there, there's a certain kind of like model that you see that's i i haven't really seen a whole lot on like uh a lot of free-to-play games and i kind of wish i did more because i think it's actually a good a good way of doing things um if if you're gonna have a game and you're worried that people won't pay any attention to it because you have to pay for it right uh what a lot of games to a much lesser extent but what i've seen a lot of games in the app store do is that they give you the full game there's no microtransactions it's an actual game but maybe in between levels and stuff like that, they'll have like an ad, right? And what you can do is the only in-app purchase in that entire game is to just buy the game so you can play it without ads. And I would honestly, like, it's annoying, I'm not gonna lie, but I would so prefer to have that than something where there's microtransactions baked into yeah. the design. Yeah. I'm totally willing to play the game for a bit because it's kind of like playing a demo at that point where it's like, I, I can play this game for as much as I want and if I really, really like it, ads aside, then I'm totally willing to pay however much, you know, exactly. three or four dollars. It's a great way to do it, honestly. And the best way, the, the best monetization I've ever seen, it was this little, like, uh, strategy game where it has, like, that basic mobile game thing where it's like, oh, uh, if you do the level a certain way, you get three stars and you get more coins or whatever right the way that game set up monetization you get the game for free again no microtransactions it's a full game and if you didn't get three stars on a level they would show you an ad and again they give you the option to just buy the game so you don't have to watch ads while you play the game ever again but the way they get you is if you don't get three stars then you have to watch an ad and i think that's actually a really good way of doing it because it really gets players like into the game and thinking about it more and they might become really really invested and so they'll just want to buy it anyways that's smart yeah i honestly think cool. that's probably one of the most ingenious monetization setups i've ever seen it's really cool yeah yeah all right any other egregious things uh any any mechanic in a game that just stops you dead in your tracks and you can't move flashlight like... <laughs> i mean i mean like i'm i'm playing through hades right now and it's probably one of the best games that's come out this year but there's an attack if you fight like the uh, dusa heads there's a projectile where if it hits you it just locks you in place for like you know half a second or yeah. something like that and it's just half a second and it's only in one like layer so you don't encounter them that much. And the projectiles are super any... large and slow, so you're really easily mm. able to dodge them. <laughs> okay, but sometimes there's a lot of deuces that are that they're throwing at you. Like, and and for people, the point is, <laughs> I really hate those mechanics in games where it just takes control away from you because it's the equivalent yeah. of like an older sibling coming in and just taking the controller away from you. It's super annoying, and I. Don't like yeah, it. I generally anyway. hate it in single player games, although I think I'm okay with it in multiplayer so long as it's balanced. Mm -hmm. But it's pretty rare to see balanced crowd control in multiplayer games. Right. Uh, but like I think I think League of Legends generally does it pretty well, where like crowd control is limited to like a maximum of two seconds generally, unless it's an ability that has like a ten minute cooldown. Oh, crowd so. control in Destiny is absolute garbage. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I've never been crowd control in Destiny PvP. Just I don't... Boss stomp. Boss stomp. 
Boss stomps. I forgot belong. about boss stomps are horrible. Doesn't yeah, belong. No, those are awful. Well, because they break they break a bunch of the subclasses. Yeah. Because like you can't use your your abilities against them because they just stomp you away. I forgot about that. I I, I forgot that that could be considered crowd control because it is just knocking you away. Um, but yeah, that, that's I agree with that. For for the most part, not quite as much as I think you do, Wyatt. But yeah, I think it's unacceptable in any scenario. But that's just that's me. a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. I get it's very extreme, and not I'm totally not expecting most people to agree with me. I have that's a game. How I feel about it. I have a game that you should not ever play, Wyatt. Because I was going to rail on it a little bit because I'm not not done with it yet um but i'm taking a break from it because it is driving me insane um final fantasy 12 is very good in the story and visual and world department um and from the gameplay side i like you know i'm like 40 hours in i should probably like it by now <laughs> but i don't um why imagine if because, you know, in, in, in turn-based RPGs, I know you don't play those, but, like, you know, you select character, whoever's turn it is, and then you you pick the move that they do, and then they do it, and then you go to the next one, and you just wait. You, you go in a circle, basically. You in a cycle of characters, and you pick and tell them to do things, and, and that happens. And that's, that's Thank you fine. you for explaining turn-based combat to me. I had no idea. It's, <laughs> it's well, uh, Wyatt, now I, I want you to think, what, what would be the in-between of turn-based combat and uh, real-time action RPG gameplay? If you thought drag-and-drop programming is the right answer, <laughs> then you are an insane person. Wait, And what? I thought I liked it. I Wait. thought I liked it. You what? Can have, you can have uh, three party members maximum in final fantasy 12 and you walk around what i think you can have four right uh fourth would be like like a guest character they're not like part of your party but it's like the story says that uh that this dude should be here so he'll be with you until you get oh, to the yeah, next yeah, story yeah. thing that he can and I, i'm only saying that because i don't think you can I, I have customize. played 12 it's just been a while so. It's yeah, yeah. I from from what I've from what I've gleaned is it's the one that people have like played, but no one ever really goes back to play it again. Um, like you can't control three or four people at once. You just can't. There aren't enough cells in the brain, let alone buttons on the controller. So what they did is that everyone has a menu called the Gambit system, and it's basically just a bunch of 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 if then statements that you can drag from separate menus and 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 as they level up they they unlock more gambit slots and that this is this is fine because the other characters will will do the things that they're programmed to do but the game also just assumes that you should be switching between characters because they can still individually die and so you have them on all the characters even the one you're controlling and so for like the last like 30 of the 40 hours i've basically just been holding the left stick forward to move and then when when someone dies basically like when someone dies basically if if it's your if it's your healer that's it 
all hell breaks loose because then you, oh well the the person that was supposed to have the the healing thing is now dead and now uh the people that all have the the potions are all throwing the potions at each other and now you're all out of potions <laughs> so now they're not doing anything and since they're not doing anything uh they're all dying and being slapped and then you you summon the summon in and then the summon comes in and and he dies and then you do the quickenings which are the, the special God. attack moves and they all are very like specifically timed which is fine because they're satisfying but then you do like 10 of them in a row and then it only does like an eighth Dude, of the don't forget mass mashing the trigger to shuffle don't forget to breathe yeah. Red. <laughs> and then you can shuffle them to get a chance to do it again but then you do it 25 times and it still doesn't do that much damage and then everyone's dead <laughs> and the save point was outside the dungeon so you have to do it all over again and i stopped playing for now because i don't want to do that anymore <laughs> this game hurt you look so brett I gotta say, Final Fantasy XII is one of my favorite Final Fantasies, specifically the Zodiac Age version. That's, I don't know yeah, which that's version. the one I'm playing right now. Yeah. The thing I, I realized is that I was messing with the Gambit system a lot, and then I just decided, you know what, screw the Gambit system, I'm just gonna constantly pause and, and play it turn-based, and it's a lot better that way. Okay. <laughs> I, I will I will choose to ignore one of the main things of the game. Well, like, I, I use gambits. Will. I use gambits on characters that only do a few things, like the melee ones, and then I just play yeah. whatever spellcaster I have and then like select their stuff Heck, manually. Yeah. That makes sense. The I'll, gambit system is really, really that. cool if you're super into like that style of like AI control. And th there are people that love that, but it takes a lot of time. And, yeah. Like you gotta put so much effort into it to get it to a point where like your party handles itself, and then you've kind of just eliminated the gameplay of the game. Exactly. That's the thing. Like I, I, like part of me kept being like, oh, just just remove all of them and just play it like a normal turn-based game. It's like, but I don't want to because that's not what the game's supposed to be. See, I think but the I general setup it. that I've been told is is the best way to do it. And that I kind of adapted to is use gambits and anything that's like low level or mm. under your level, and then whenever you start fighting enemies that are your level or bosses. Go to the turn base. Switch mode them off. Yeah. That and makes just start sense. doing it that way. And that's a lot more fun, which is what I've been doing. And I've been enjoying it a lot more. Still haven't beaten it though, but I'm close. Uh, yeah, I think so. So I, have a, I do have a pet peeve with Final Fantasy XII though. Mm. That you reminded me of. It's there are certain areas in the game where they just like put high level enemies that aggro ah! onto you <laughs> in areas you have to go to. So there's another game that does yes. that called Xenoblade. Wait, is this like level gating or? No, no. It's no. just enemies that go and kill you for no reason. Yes, so... and it's and it's an area you have to go to. It's not like, oh, you can't go there yet. It's like yeah, you the big must thing, go there now. Xenoblade does the same thing, but Xenoblades are always time-based and are never in an area you have to get to and you can't get past them. Ooh. Like there's always an alternate way around. Or you can't just try to fight them. So Xenoblade handles it really well because they're late game super bosses. They don't just kill you all of a sudden unless you're paying no attention. Yeah. In twelve, it's literally like an enemy that looks no different from the other enemies. Or just a ball. Oh yeah, that's, that's the one favorite. that drives what? me crazy. There's a ball it's in a forest a that just orb. kills you. Yeah, it wants everyone in the party, oh and then it's like, God. well, and you don't okay, know why. Then. It's so funny. Congratulations, you have become orb. I think I think literally the reason why that happens is because you use a spell near them and yeah, they it get is. upset, That's why which, it you know, but it's not like there's like the 10 other system, enemies. If you're using the gambit system, you would then have to go in and change all of your gambits to accommodate not using a spell automatically. But if you're doing that, you then have to go back after you're out of that area and fix it to use spells or else you can't heal and then we get back to the issue of throwing potions right. at each other and no one does anything. 
drives me insane. <laughs> it is the, it's like the single most maddening construct in any game I've ever played, which is a shame because I really want to like it so so bad. Yeah, it's a it, it's one of my favorite Final Fantasies, but it's got a lot of nitpicky little things. Although I think the the story is still one of the better ones, and I love oh, the, God, the whole yeah. all the political drama and stuff is just really fun because it's the kind of that's thing really that's not end, in though. more recent Final Fantasies. Seven like Seven kind of does that, but Seven's a remake of an old game. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, like Fifteen just it tried to do that and then decided, you know what, the Empire doesn't matter. We're just gonna go crazy about this one dude with a fedora. <laughs> Good. <laughs> that that whole empire that like you know killed everyone you loved. Well, they're gone now. Don't worry <laughs> I'm just about like, it. Well, isn't that the thing where they just like didn't even have a cutscene for and they yeah. made it a separate movie? No, what? There's cutscenes. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's the prequel. So that that movie sets up a bunch of stuff that just doesn't happen in the game. Like it sets up the empire as these big bads that are gonna happen, and then you like never fight the empire. <sighs> The Empire shows up a bunch of times, and you see, there's, they even have like fully rendered out 3D models of this like council of the Empire, who is set up to be the big bad from the start, like 12 style. Except none of them show up again. <laughs> they just I have all these like Katina 3D Moore models so much. that pop in, and like they're like, "Oh, I'm the big bad dude. We're ordering the 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 like slaughter of all these people," and then they vanish, and then you get to that point in the story, and like this is. Normally we don't do spoilers. Final Fantasy 15 is old. I'm going to say like yeah. a non-spoiler version of what happens. Essentially, you get to the part where you expect to be doing something with the Empire, and the game kind of sets up that the Empire is not really a thing. But at that point, you're like, the game had been building up to like some Back kind of confrontation. Back to a Star Wars podcast, everyone. The game had been building up to some <laughs> kind of confrontation. This has a point, Wyatt. The game had been building up to a com- some kind of confrontation with the Empire, and then you get there, and they're all just dead. Or, or like <laughs> what? <laughs> they, the game never explains if they're dead, but there's no one there. There is no like normal people left. It's literally you go to this you. giant city. You travel to this giant like factory city, and there is not oh. a single person there. <laughs> and I'm just like, what? They, they pulled like a Kojima. You took too long, and they killed everyone for you. What the? That's awesome. It's just a giant what? question of like, what? Just what's going what? on at this point? Like, what is happening? And the game explains it, but the explanation is just kind of like unbelievable and weird that like everyone in an empire, there's no living people that you could encounter. Yeah. It's just the kind of thing where like, come on. <laughs> yeah. This is asking now, too now much of my suspension disbelief. Especially when you then have like all these Bugatti, <laughs> like <laughs> oh my god, everything is like beautiful Art Deco, like like <laughs> like super super smooth, like semi futuristic cars. Uh. <laughs> it's just like come on, <laughs> we lost the Americana vibe a long time ago, but I still I don't know what's happening anymore. Fifteen is a mess of a game, but it's still kind of fun. So <laughs> I would put fifteen as like a dishonorable mention for me personally yeah i i hated it is is in that category of my biggest thing with any game that comes out is wasted potential yeah especially wasted potential that is set up and 15 is exactly that they set up all this really cool potential for this this like confrontation with a large empire classic final fantasy style and like going back to those themes of like star wars basically of of 
not like uh, just good versus evil, but a morally gray like Empire Tale. And they just never do that. They go, nope, this dude with the fedora, he's just he just did a thing. That that's your story now. <laughs> Sick. I mean, if we're if we're talking about uh, wasted potential, I can't think of a of a game that has more wasted potential than Destiny. Yeah, yeah either game absolutely both. Yeah. doesn't matter. No argument there. At that all. is like the biggest like wasted potential game for me. Such and it's partially game. why I like. Did you know I that it was? I say a... I hate it, but like I do, and I don't. It's not really possible to hate Destiny. I think. <laughs> oh, it is. It is. Did, did you know <laughs> that it was originally not supposed to be a live service game? Yeah. It was. Well, it, it was supposed to end with a storyline of like you rescuing Rasputin from Oryx or something like that. Yeah, no, I mean, they also, like, super early in development, they couldn't decide if they wanted to do another sci-fi related thing or if they wanted to do, like, yeah. a medieval fantasy thing. So I really? guess they just kind of went with some combination of yeah. both, which is fine. <laughs> That's, like, hey. one, of the, one of the things I actually like about it. I yeah, like that space problem. armor that makes me look like a knight. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, that's partially why Destiny 2 is so frustrating. They absolutely refuse to go back to that, like, knights in space aesthetic, which is what I loved so much. You don't get it. Because it was unique. Any. Like, it was Destiny's yeah. thing, and now it doesn't yeah. have that anymore. And it's just like, well, why am no, I No, it's this? got, like, it's hey, got, now like, we get ugly... and backpacks uh, November 10th. I mean, I'm okay <laughs> with backpacks because I like, I like my video game backpacks. But, like, mm. when I think of bad, like armor sets i think of like all of the really ugly looking stuff and i'm only really going off of hunter because it's the only class that i've really played Dude, but like five. yeah definitely <laughs> but, like, but, like, i'm thinking of like a lot of the ugly sets that you'll find in like um oh god what was the area in forsaken called just all the armor sets in forsaken is these like ugly spikes yeah, coming out of it like the, or, the, like, the, the very patchwork um yeah or, or like the ruined crappy... aviator vibe yeah, or like, or like the crappy, and they didn't. They also didn't really embrace like the Western kind of theme that they were going for. It didn't really like line so up with sad. that at all. And like, or, or, oh my God, the uh, the EDZ sets that you get, which is these these like just rumpled up like camo pants and stuff. It's just yeah. so bad. And there's especially in two, Gilly like suit trench coat. There's like yeah. no good capes. There's no like, barely oh, any good capes. They're gone. They're gone. I, I play hunters for the capes. Exactly. And there's none. <laughs> capes. Yes. I, I found one cape that I like in there and it's being sunset. Really? Yeah. yeah. That that happens a lot. There More, was a getting oh. rid of the content bothers me a ton. Huh? That's like a, a big thing that really bothers me. Especially losing defense. stuff like menagerie. Like just these fun modes. Menagerie was so cool. <laughs> I know. I really enjoyed it. I I loved running the gauntlet in there. Yeah, I'm just like, why yeah. would you get rid of that? Like, that's that's it's a these, really like, fun bite that sized, people love. It's these bite-sized like intro raids. It's a great way to get people into raid content, and it's also a great way if you want to raid but you don't want to have the whole commitment to do it. Or you or if you don't have five other friends. To exactly. Get yeah. Yeah. Which is exactly. A big thing. I, know, I, so I think many. Destiny's just made some poor decisions with the direction and of the I, game recently. I also, I also just absolutely hate how to this day they're still saying that like not only is it a great game, but it's also this like it also tells a great story. I'm like, no, it doesn't. No. Stop, stop. You I mean, have really interesting lore. You do not yeah. have an interesting yeah. story. You're all right. Do different things. All right. I'm also okay. Controversial take. Fuck. Okay. 
<clears throat> Destiny 2 reminds me Good so job. much of the prequels from Star Wars because they're not stories. They're this massive dispensary of lore. And it and has no story. It's like the lore is good, but like, where's the what? Wh what's the? Why do I care about the lore? Like, yeah. Well, they also they also really screw over players that like don't know it. If you don't know what's going on, you have like in the lore, you have no idea what's happening. Yeah, you have no stakes. And it's it's like it's really frustrating because a lot of the time for their central stories, like if you look at something like uh, the Red War, they took absolutely no like they didn't use their lore at all to create the red yeah. war like it is its own self-contained thing but at least people who don't know the lore understand what's going on but when you not do anymore actually take because it's gone when you do <laughs> yeah. no exactly and like when you take things from your lore that are interesting and try to make it part of the main story you have a lot of people that don't know what's going on because you didn't properly explain yeah any of this it's okay to have all of this lore if you still give us enough information to where we know what's going and on. i think yeah. with, the, with the lore underestimating the importance of of like engaging your audience with what's going on in the moment and how much they're losing by doing this content vault when you look at like halo because people love halo lore but that's because the halo stories are interesting <laughs> yeah and you they can do a lot of good lore dumps and, just and in you're, halo. you're you're yeah. fed the lore with the exclusion of the books in halo yeah i yeah. think and you don't need destiny, to know the lore with destiny you, know you get lore on. cards that are easily missable and are also going away november 10th and you have to read them yep Wow, in this video game where you could really experience what's going on, I'd rather just read it in blocks just, of text. Just just watch uh, Mylan Games or My Name is Bife video for the lore. Uh, Bife was my boy. I, I miss you know, him, but I have no you know what, anymore. You know what they should do with Destiny as a series? They're not going to, but what I think they should do, they, should, they need to stop. Because like all the stories they're, t they're trying to tell is in an era in this universe where just nothing actually interesting is happening. Yeah, it's, or, it's over. Or they're point. hinting at things that are interesting, and then they never actually deliver. Every single expansion to Destiny is like, it's building up to this big thing, and then just it's a nothing. Well, like, yeah, and, and they gave the, the roadmap for the next three years. So it's, it's Beyond Light this year. Then it's... Witch Queen, and then it's Lightfall. Okay, so after this season, I'm not planning on playing Destiny until 2023. Yeah, to just see what the end is, and then maybe I'll just watch the cinematics. You know I'll what I? You, what you know what I think? You know I think the problem is too. I need a break that, from it. Is that the person, the, the the Bungie employee or employees that made so much of that lore? is not there anymore because they were mm -hmm. part of the original yeah. team oh, yeah. that, that started leaving before destiny one even came out. So they probably don't have writers good enough to really yeah. continue this story. If they had kept around, who is it? Is it Joseph Staten or a, yeah. what's his name? Yeah. I think so. Or Jason Jones. What one of them who like was working on this incredibly interesting stuff. They don't have a talented enough writer to really continue any of it. And what I really think they should do is they need to stop trying to tell a story where you're basically the janitor picking up after all these things have already happened. They need to make these Absolutely. smaller self-contained games where you're actually playing in these really interesting yeah. games. I think make, make um, that series. There's, there's a game, game called Outer Wilds that won a lot of the Game of Year awards and stuff. And they said <laughs> the, the team heart. That made that game said their their one huge mistake when they made when playing the game was setting the story a thousand years in the past. Like yeah. they they realized after the fact that that their game was super fun to play. It was super interesting. The narrative was really good, but it all happened in the past, and you're just learning about it. And that was not 
as strong of a driving force as it could have been. And they were like, this is the one thing we regret doing and we would probably have changed if we had, had thought it through a little more. And that game was still fantastic, but I think it shows that oh, like, yeah. even the best developers make mistakes, but they, they should learn from that, right? And that's that, yeah. that repeated thing of learn from your mistakes. And like, that's... as much as people don't like newer, some of the newer Final Fantasy games, at least they're trying new things. Like They don't make the oh, same yeah. mistake. They make every different single mistakes. one is completely different, almost. Different, yeah, they they do make completely. <laughs> they different make mistakes, mistakes but they're time. different mistakes, so I can kind of forgive it. So, yeah, it, it's like the issue of like Ubisoft constantly making the same mistakes with writing and like dialogue, where yeah. characters are just like plastic cutouts for the projection yeah. of the players to essentially do what they want with. Which I'm like, well, apparently Watch Dogs Legion is kind of moving away from that, which I'm really excited about. But that's good. It's a it's a thing that's always bothered me where they're like a developer just doesn't fix something that's been an issue for so long because yeah. they, they're they just like, well, our games sell well, so it doesn't matter. But it's like, your games could probably sell a little better. <laughs> it's part yeah. of the game now. It and they will always be. Something. You'd be making yeah. a better product. <laughs> it's just every, every time I play Destiny or I think about it, it's like, I, I look at something where it's like, all the puzzle pieces to this puzzle are here. You have a lot of them that are, that are, that fit together perfectly. And it's this beautiful picture. And you have, a very important select few parts that are like just floating on the table there. They're just there and they're not, they're not fitted in yet. And the person who's putting the puzzle together just refuses to put them in there for God knows what reason. It's like, you have everything you need to make something great here. You do, but you just can't take that like extra step to make it something really special. It's so frustrating. <laughs> It's even more frustrating too, and like for for that short span of time where people were really like, "Oh yeah, Bungie's leaving Activision now." Oh my god, the yeah. game really could be great now. It's like, like having having like paid really close attention to like like the real life Destiny lore about like the development and stuff. Activision really wasn't. It was like like a problem, but it wasn't like really. I don't. Even, I wouldn't even say that it was in like the top five biggest problems of like why destiny like turned out the way that it did like that like it's mostly just internal bungee at this point that is just no longer the bungee that everyone thinks that it still is i mean at least like, i think the killing blow they're still really good but i think the, the killing blow was just, just yeah how many people left and like not yeah. even like that a lot of people left it's the people that make bungee what it is and mm -hmm. what makes their game so special are the ones that left the personality isn't there anymore it's just another game dev no. now yeah no. And, and, and again, they, they, they're still trying to market it as this like game with this great narrative. And it's, and it's just not... <laughs> it gets funnier it's, every it's, time. It's insulting, especially because of like... And I, I'm a lot harder on, on Destiny because, you know, it's Bungie. They made Halo. Yeah. Like, and this is what we're getting now. It's so frustrating to see a studio that had so much passion and talent and they're just not... It's not coming through anymore. It's not yeah. coming through anymore. It makes me so sad. But the same thing with because... like Bethesda is is we know that team Ugh. was super capable and yeah. probably still is, but they're just for some reason not putting their best foot forward. It's like Blizzard it going through the same thing. Yeah, and it hurts even more because like if Destiny as a franchise, as like a core foundation or concept was a lost cause, that's one thing. But the fact that they have something really special on their hands and they're not taking it to where it needs to be at least in my opinion to make it something special is what makes it that much more frustrating 
Cause I just like, man, if I, if I sit down and just brainstorm, like, what would I do? Or like, what do I think Bungie should do? It's like, they have something really special here and they just can't, can't do it. And I don't know if it's because at the end of the day, I don't think Bungie really has what it takes to make a live service game like this work. No, I keep, I keep thinking about like, cause I've said this to Ryan a ton of times. We, we haven't recently, but we've, we've, we've played a ton of remnant. And I keep thinking to myself, if destiny was more like remnant, like just take remnants gameplay and give it a destiny, like, you know, coat of paint and like, give it its gunplay. Like that's a great game right there. And I really think, in the future, they should really look towards something like Remnant in terms of a structure and really move away from this live service thing because I think that's one of the biggest things that's like hindering it to becoming something great. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a pretty good note to mostly end on <laughs> because we're running about our usual time. Yeah. Uh, I think if we cool. go any further than this, we're going to keep talking for the next three hours. <laughs> and we're just going to be really sad. <laughs> and it'll yeah. just I'm already really sad. Really sad. I'm already <laughs> sad. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I, I think that that's a pretty good point to end it. And I think there's been a lot of good points made. And we actually, I think we did a pretty good job of keeping to things that are like constructive criticism for the most part yeah. of like, don't do this again. <laughs> God. Yeah. Uh, which and, means. And, and, what Wyatt? What? And also, just keep in mind, like, if there's a game that we trashed on too, like that that you like or something, especially when it comes to Destiny, it's like these are obviously just our opinions. Like, we're not and saying you really it, should feel bad. You should feel terrible. You you should feel terrible, no, definitely. Like, and, and so should we for having we spent so much time playing Destiny. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't even want to think what? about. I'm still gonna play it because I like the, the gunplay. The amount of money I've spent. Okay, no, 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 I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yep, that's I'm a going to shout outs now. I'm gonna lose it. Yep, we're going to shout outs. Uh, okay, thank you. <laughs> you know what? Let's let Wyatt get his out of the way. <clears throat> okay, um, shout out uh, to the game Hades. Uh, just because when you think you've uh, put a bunch of hours into the game and you think you've seen everything, uh, it keeps adding on more, whether it's gameplay or characters or just anything else. It just never stops giving you new things to to do, uh, and it's great, and all of it's great. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna give my shout out to a specific Minecraft mod called Mine Colonies, which is just a perfect mod. It just adds town building to Minecraft, and it fits in so naturally with the flow of Minecraft that it, it's a good mod. Can yeah, you can make, make cities. cities. It's incredible. Are there buildings bigger than the than the than the churches? Absolutely, and you can build like an entire interconnected fortress with NPCs that wander around and like do things. Oh. Where do you download this? I'm getting it right now. You can get it from the <laughs> Twitch launcher. Uh, it's in the Valhelsia mod packs. Are the ones I play. It's in all of them. So just grab two or three of the ones that are really good. Uh, two has the most stuff. It's incredibly fun. It's become very quickly my mo my favorite Minecraft mod, and it's just really really fun. Uh, all right, Brett, you're up. Uh, shout out to the copy of of uh, Xeno Gears for the PS One that arrived uh, to my front door in uh, the case of EA Sports NHL 2005. <laughs> um, all right, two discs 
shoved into a one disc case. When I opened it, one of them oh. launched out, and I was very scared, but it's okay <laughs> because I'm 10 hours in and having a ball, baby. <laughs> I gotta play Xenogears. It is so good. <laughs> I keep hearing it is. And I, I think I, I have it set up on an emulator somewhere, but you should I gotta pull it, it out. Alright, Alex. That time on the show again. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, shout out to my basil plant. That that's <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> Look, at least your basil plant doesn't disappoint you like destiny. <laughs> wow. All right. And that's where we play Ooh. the outro. Have a good day, Ooh. night, whatever is happening right now when you're listening to this. Oh. You just sent a large blocker over to the other side. <laughs> Hope you're proud. I will say, if I, if I can, if I can praise Destiny for just a second, I think Gambit is one of the coolest multiplayer oh, I, things yeah, in any I video. Agree. And the fact that most of Destiny's fan base hates it 